Welcome to the Three to Ten Project. Two white, cisgendered males who've been friends for over 25 years, exploring race, gender, and education by talking through the intersection of our experiences with what we're reading, listening to, and thinking about. And most importantly, considering how to show up moving forward. It's a long-term commitment, three to 10 years of anti-racist culture building. I'm Mark. I'm Reed. Just a quick note on the name for this podcast. Three to 10 Project has been borrowed from Resma Menicum. You can learn more about this idea and about Resma at the link shared in the podcast description. Let's get to it. Yep, and that's Mark's footsteps. Turns out he's a bit more coherent when he is running. All right, Mark, we're on. Another your podcast, I'm running. What are you doing while I'm running? What are you doing? I'm sitting in the guest room and the cat is on my lap right now. Okay. So I it's think sort of the important. opposite. <laughs> yeah. I think that's important. So we get, you know, both ends here while I'm running. Not only should you be not running, you should be sitting in a reclined way and a cat on the lap is helpful. I think that's, that's, that makes sense. So you mentioned uh, you need me to do a little more of the heavy lifting today, but why don't you, what's going on? Um, I, that's, uh, I don't, yeah, I'm just feeling pretty scattered with lots of things. I mean, professionally, actually professionally, you know, because I work with schools and schools are really ramping up. It's actually been a pretty good week for me. I've been back in working with teachers, not in buildings, but over the computer, um, working with uh, school, school folks. I've been attending virtually some school meetings. So actually, as I think about it, like that's going well, but I feel like my bandwidth for, I feel, I feel frantic and busy. And so mm-hmm. I feel like the last couple conversations we've had, I was still a little bit summer mode and was able to mm-hmm. kind of really leading up to it. And even in the conversation, I felt, you know, enjoyably focused on engaging with you and coming into this one. I just felt a little bit like my head's racing about a bunch of stuff, not bad stuff, but and so I don't, I'm not even coming into the conversation necessarily with um, particular uh, things to, to talk about. So that's where you get to, to prompt and I'll respond. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I got two, at least two things to talk through, somewhat connected and really touching on racial justice and schools. Um, oh, and... Uh, So one came from this morning, a conversation I had with one of the mindfulness directors that's working in a school that serves a um, diverse population, but 
probably around 50% white school system and um, very few African-American students. Although there is significant diversity, it's not uh, African-American diversity. We're really Latinx diversity. Um, so the, the story is this. The superintendent, I think this is the first meeting or one of the first meetings of the entire school system on Zoom. Something like 788 people in a meeting. The superintendent played the national anthem. I think basically to start the meeting. And this is where it gets interesting. And then he explained the backstory of the national anthem a bit about the fact that the the writer or the composer, the author, the music, who enslaved people, right? He was a slaveholder. And he mentioned this, the superintendent mentioned this, and then he says very clearly, Black Lives Matter. And that is how he started the meeting. There is maybe a couple staff members or teachers of color in the whole system, or, t or black teachers. And there are a very small number of African-American students. Yet, this superintendent um, chose to start things out like this, which is, I think, not, shouldn't be viewed as like phenomenal, but is phenomenal. And certainly, you know, worth noting. Um, also, interestingly, you know, just a little sidebar, since we know our listener of one, uh, we, we know who our <laughs> one listener is out there, is that this superintendent is a TFA alum. Uh, he's a year or two older than us. He was in Houston and worked at the school, I think, with Jason Levy and knows Jason. <laughs> and knows the KIPP guys and all that. So, yeah. you know, but was the superintendent in this kind of suburban Massachusetts area. Um, and as a white guy, you know. Uh, so I'm just curious kind of what your reaction is to that story and also what you're seeing in the schools you work in where leadership is either taking the opportunity to kind of, hey, this is important. We're paying attention to this. Or not doing anything. Or maybe even worse, like actually like going in the other direction. So yeah, what do you think? Well, that story is really interesting and I, I think encouraging. And, and it was not where I thought you were going when you started the story. So I know, right? I guess I, yeah. yeah. I, and, and, and I would say that with the context I'm having directly with schools that I'm working with and also talking to some of my colleagues. So this is again, a small sample size, but, but you know, um, school, schools, sort of a few schools across New England. I would say a couple things. I don't think that everything with the pandemic 
has pushed the issues of racial justice out of people's minds or made them feel like necessarily lower priority. So as I'm having Good. conversations with principals, and I can think of a couple in two almost entirely white uh, populated schools, those leaders are still thinking about what do we need to do and how do we move forward with our own growth and development as a staff and as a school um, on some of these issues. But yeah. <laughs> I also am seeing, in general, a, a complete sense of being overwhelmed with the challenges of reopening schools right now. And yeah. subsequently, the kind of attention and even conversations that were going on in the spring and into the summer, uh, which were yeah. pretty intense, um, it, it were almost happening during a pause in the logistics of school. The schools just weren't happening. Yeah. Right? And it felt like we had time right. to get ready. That pause is right. not happening now. Like we're fully into it. So I have real concerns right. that while people are going to continue like in closed doors when they're talking to me or thinking like, oh yeah, we have to continue to think about how to do this. And I think there are definitely pockets of teachers. My wife is one of them who continue to push for like, what are we doing about this? Um, mm -hmm. the, re the reality is, is that I think institutional energy um, in many places is not going there yet. And I don't know if that is just a matter of getting through the opening days, right? And sort of settling into some new routines that then start to work and we can then reconsider, okay, what does this mean for how we treat kids, what our curriculum is, but I, but I don't know. So, um, yeah. I'm, but, but I have not seen the good news is up here, right. In liberal new England, what I'm not seeing is vehement backlash, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing people sort of doubling down on, wait, we shouldn't be doing that. Certainly there are comments like that in every community, but I think in general educators are understanding like, no, this is a time for us to reconsider the systems and structures and approaches. And, and people are either open to that or still being pushed. To, so I think that's, that's all hopeful. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of connecting the dots here is what's going on or not going on in the district, Caleb and Samarin. Um, specifically the middle school, high school, which are this regional school district of three towns that chair, they have a superintendent and then they have like, you know, the middle school and high school staff. And it's pretty big. It's like, you know, roughly a thousand kids at each of the schools. And um, that I think, you know, you know, actually using jo Joanna's letter as a template we sent something to the superintendent and got back something that was really the easiest way to explain it is it was simply like no we're good and mm -hmm. yeah yeah that basically saying look at all the things we're already doing the things they explained not only weren't robust they were some of them were straight up offensive and really backward. So it was really like, wow, this is the worst response you could have hoped for other than, mm. other than like blatantly saying, don't ever email us again. 
it was pretty much like, yeah, we don't really care about that. We're good. And by the way, we're not really going to do anything because we already do stuff. And, and that lack of awareness of what they're doing is just absurd. Um, so, you know, John and I were trying to think about how do we engage next? You know, what's the next step? And we reached out to some people we had kind of networked with a little bit and got, Jonna had begun connecting with a Facebook group of people that, that we were encouraged to reach out to that she thought would um, be interested in engaging. And that really went nowhere, as you can imagine with a, uh, you know, Facebook is a tricky place for that. And yeah. so that, yeah. that had no traction. And so, you know, really got, I think it was something you said to me on the last, maybe it was you, maybe it was another conversation I had, I don't even remember anymore, about like, if it, if it was good, we're going to credit me. Yeah, well, let's credit you. It was definitely a conversation I had over the past week. I'm not sure it was you, though. Um, that, that basically, like, we need, to, we need to do it. Like, we can't wait for other people. Hmm. We don't need to get a bunch of allies. We need to do the next step. And so I've laid out a plan with Jana, or I suggested a plan to Jana that she wasn't originally very supportive of, partly because she thought I was going to ask her to do all the work which I need to convince her that is not the case um, where we, we basically just kind of like say, like respond very clearly and thoroughly to the concerns that their response elicited. Like mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. say this, this is what, you know, we hear and the problems with it. I also think it would be great to share the story of the superintendent and the national anthem like this is what some schools do in massachusetts not too far away and think of what message it sent um and again this is a school with basically an all-white staff and he's doing this um and i think then what i was proposing is basically sending that letter to the superintendent school committee and other people that had responded which basically like principals and department chairs there they were the ones that had like he cut and pasted their response to our questions and so sending them this email asking to meet with all of them individually and then really following up specifically with the school committee look we want to meet with you we want to talk about this we want to know what you think and where you stand and so on and then also getting on the agenda to address the school committee as a whole as two parents, actually, it was you, Reed, because you talked about that, yeah. I think, an article or podcast from New York, right? Two women that had kind of really mobilized and yeah. realized it was on them to do something. So I think we haven't done anything yet, but I think we're going to take some kind of tact like that. Basically try to get some attention and get some reaction and then identify al allies as we go. I'm also thinking of, you know, every, every teacher, every staff member's email address is available and just sending the email to all of them too, with a little bit of a kind of preamble of like, this is why we're sending it to you. And if you want to engage with us and you think these are issues, let's talk. 
someone somewhere is going to bite. And that's where we got to start. What do you think about all that? Uh, I agree. I think you've got to, um, so you got to take action. And I think being direct and, you know, you can be assertive and you have the ability to, you know, confidently reach out and connect with those people and, and, and expect to some degree to be heard. I think it would be good. You've got to build a coalition of allies over time, right? Which would I would think would include some other members of the community and yeah. some of the some of the teachers, right? So what's happened here yeah, in this town right. is there were a group of teachers and then there was a community group and then those two things have really kind of supported they've, they've grown mm. together. Good. Um and and they found support in each other in different ways. You know, they're still sort of working separately. So but but I do think, and I remember now the conversation, it, we, we do have to be, you know, we can't be waiting for anyone else to take action, right? And I think that that's yep. the, been, the, again, what we talked about last time, I think, was this idea that, like, whose problem is this, right? And it's seen as, you know, it's like a black problem, but it's actually a white problem. Um, and right. I, I uh, you know, just to connect it in a different way to, to something that I know we're both interested in. You know, there's been so much going on with uh, the NBA and with the players. Oh, God. To play yeah. The game and, and some yeah. stuff. But, you know, connected to this, there was a great comment from Charles Barkley, who, um, yeah. in my own way, I've always really respected Charles Barkley. So, yeah. You know, he, he was talking about. You know, he specifically, I believe in the quote, uh, said, you know, I, I think he specifically named Tom Brady and uh, Luca Doncic, Don whatever, you know, the guy who plays for the yeah. Mavericks. You know, and he's yeah. like, he's like, I love those guys. Why aren't reporters up in their faces with microphones saying, what are you doing about this problem? And he's like, because they're white, nobody looks to them. But after every NBA game, you know, the microphones are in all the black players' faces asking, you know, mm -hmm. their take on what's going on. And so, like, who's having yep. to do the heavy lifting right now? And so we need to take some yep. of that. You know, uh, I think an example of someone that's stepped into this a little bit, and, and in a rocky way, I think, but, like, authentically, is Kyle Korver. I do. Are you aware of that? No. You might want to look it I up. Mean, I've heard some I of the interviews, um, but does he play? Who does he? Does he play for the Bucks? He is now. Is he on the Bucks? He's on one of the teams in the playoffs, and maybe the Bucks. Um, but the point is that he, as a white man, I think yeah. kind of came to some realizations and was kind of willing to be vulnerable, speak up a little earlier than others. Anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know all the details, but I think that's so, uh, yeah, Charles Barkley's like an easy guy to love to hate, but he's also like, he's not scared to say things mm -hmm. and to say what he's really thinking. And um, yeah, I mean, so... He's so smart and right on with that comment. Um, someone should maybe 
someone will do it. It'd be so interesting to see what happens with the NFL um, if they even have a season around protest. You know, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Um, well, and I'm interested to see if anything goes. I mean, I, when the work stoppage, basically the strike uh, happened in the NBA, I was not sure what I thought should happen, you know, in terms of them, because mm -hmm. it sure would have been a powerful statement, at least in the short term, if they just said we're done, right, for the season. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But I do think that would have been a huge news cycle for a little while. Um, yep. and, and so I, I think part of their, you know, their, their thinking was that they, you know, let's stay, let's keep things going in order to continue to, um, have a platform. Right. And they got certain right. concessions, but you know, the, the, probably just because he's a Celtic, I mean, Jalen Brown, I think has, has said some of the smartest and most important stuff. Oh this. yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, but I also, you know, he was very open when they started up again, basically saying, you know, he'll believe it when he sees it in terms of the, right. the governors, you know, the league owners and uh, actually following through on some of the things they said they were going to do. And I think that By the way, on a totally well-founded. Yeah, totally. We'll see. I mean, all we can say though is nothing like this has happened in sports mm. in our lifetime or in the past several generations to this extent, and mm. that that's good. And we see what's next. Uh, so I think what I'm taking away, and I'm going to shift gears. I think part of our letter when we send it out is like, basically, look, we are looking for the initial members of a staff parent coalition that wants to address these issues. Please let us know if you're interested mm -hmm. in participating and invite people. Hey, we're starting it and see what happens. Um, I like, you know, that. we real quick on that. We, and our organization have really been trying to learn a lot of the last several years about what is true and authentic community engagement within education. And yep. I do believe that if we're relying on the schools to initiate the engagement, it's really going to be stilted. So I think your idea yeah. of saying we're starting something and we want to be partnered with whoever is willing to come along is a great way to go because when schools are trying, and I remember this, you know, think about our work in Denver or whatnot, like schools are hesitant mm -hmm. about how much they really want <laughs> input right. and help from. And so, but if there are active people who can be um, working on that from outside the building, I think there's real potential in everybody getting more stuff done and learning and growing faster together. So I think that's a Good. great yeah. approach. Good. All right. So more to come, hopefully. I think maybe what I need to do here is give myself some goals, some targets. Like by the time we talk next, we've taken the next step, you mm. know, and, and be okay. able to update. I think that'll be helpful. Um, for me. Okay. So that hold me to that. Yell at me. I know you're good at that. You can do that. Um, the next time we talk, if I haven't, um, gotten anything done. We'll do. Sound like a plan. All right. So here's the yeah. other idea 
I've been playing with. This one's kind of crazy. Um, looking for feedback. The first, I shared it with Jana, and she didn't say it was insane, which is a good, good uh, first thing because she usually shoots down my ideas pretty quickly. Um, and I shared it with a group of uh, healthcare prof professionals that I'm in this little integrative health network, like uh, primary care doctor, chiropractor, acupuncturist, dietitian, like those type of folks, physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And they, they seemed to think it made sense. All right, here it is. You know that a couple weeks ago, I did like an informal 5K with some like friends, families, clients. Did I tell you about that? Yeah. So that was nice and easy to do, whatever. You know, so I want to host an informal blue and red 5K. Here's how it works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm already you in. Come? I'm driving down to Massachusetts <laughs> and I'm going to violate all, um, all border crossing rules to be part of the blue and red. <laughs> so you come in your color. You know, you got to come dressed in your affiliation color. Independents have to pick a side. And, which by the way, I'm an independent. I just want that to be known. Uh, okay. But Are you a registered independent? Uh, I'm a registered independent and always have been. Okay. And um, I, but I vote in the Democratic primaries. Um, yeah. So, you this these are the rules you have to run with or walk with it's not a competitive race it's a dialoguing race with people of the opposite color and you have to talk politics like so this is specifically designed for engaging with others that are going to have different views different political views and we'll create some you know some rules or some engagement strategies some parameters some maybe uh you know sentence starters that people could use it doesn't need to become a argument and really encourage people to listen to each other just listening you know just learning about where other people are coming from with the idea that so my goal would be to do this in October before the election with the idea of saying, look, whatever happens in this election, we all are still going to be here and we're all going to be living together still. And so, you know, we need to create opportunities for dialogue and understanding and those don't exist very well. And then I have some other ideas about how to, some things about starting the race or whatever. But that's the big idea. All right. Thoughts, questions, comments. Well, I think you got to do it. Like as, as somebody who has recently organized an international, uh, okay, <laughs> uh, I can, can I, you, are you, will you be my consultant on this be the project? Consultant. If you build it, they will come. I will tell you this. Um, right. It's good. I, so I think it's a great, a fun idea. And I think it appeals in a fun run kind of way. Because clearly, if you're going to be talking and kind of connecting with people, it can't be 
highly competitive, right? I mean, um, right. a and, lot of people will walk. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, and that and that appeals to people. And I, I think it's, to, I, I think everything about it, you know, races, so races can feel very communal or they can feel very solitary, right, for people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah. I think a lot of people who come to races more for the kind of fun run experience like to connect with others. Um, and so now yeah. you're, but you're providing a real kind of sort of social framework of why we should, right? Hey, it's a divided nation. Yeah. Yeah. We hear that all the time. Um, even our communities have elements of that. Let's think about how to process that through this experience. I think it's fantastic. Wait, I, I got I the I got be... the name for it. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Divided we stand, united we run. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like Keep it. Going. I like it. <laughs> no, so I think you know you, you're. Are you going to have a? There needs to be some degree of balance, right, between the, because if you have, uh, you know, 80% of the people show up in blue shirts, for example, it, yep. it's going to be interesting how to do that in a way that, that feels inclusive and safer. You have this group yep. of like five people walking with one. So, I, you know, I'm not sure some of those logistics and some of that's just going to happen, but, um, yep. but as a concept, I say go for it. I think the timing is perfect right? In October. Yeah. Um, you know, it's good running time. People are trying to get back out to stuff and it's right before the election. Um, so here's my, I'll, I will link this back to our last conversation just briefly in terms of the, I mentioned my neighbor and we talked about conversations yeah. with our neighbors, right? Oh, now, right, I, right. I haven't, mm -hmm. I, I haven't engaged. And I actually want to ask him the question that you brought up from that NPR, like what keeps you up at night um, kind of thing. Yeah. And, I, and I have a, I have a mm -hmm. sense, I am going to ask him that. But you know what I've, I've noticed? It, this happened since, since the last call. I was out working on the treehouse and all of a sudden got a little startled and he was standing kind of beneath the treehouse. Um, and he's done this a couple times and I feel like he's doing it more now. Um, where he comes uh -huh. over, remember now this guy's 80 years old, right? And across the, and he'll just sort of wander over and say, uh, hey, I have a question for you. And mm. so he's, and, he, and it's always about politics. Um, and so he's reaching out to me, you know, he's reaching across the aisle or across the divide. Uh -huh. And right. um, so I don't know how representative that is um, of, you know, of anybody, right? Because I don't, I don't read, you know, I, you know, we're in our bubbles, but here's a guy who's doing that and wants to talk about this stuff. So um, I think th there might be more of a hunger than, you know, we even think about because we act like, you know, we want, everyone wants to yell into their own echo chamber, but uh, right. people will find out from your race uh, how many people come out all excited. You know, people are going to show up in purple shirts and try to, and try to mess up your plan. <laughs> um, hey, by the way, on a note of bubble and all this, Sam is going tomorrow on a Niagara Falls trip with two of his friends. And really? now he's, this is, these kids have been in his bubble the whole time. They actually slept over um, two nights ago and he slept over at their place. I mean, this is part of their little group of five kids. And, uh, but the family that's taking them is one of the red families. I mean, they are legit uh -huh. 
um, Trump supporters, they are legit, you know, uh, uh, church focused, quoting Bible, stuff like that on Facebook. So, um, but really nice people that we, you know, love Sam. Sam loves their son, uh, who's a nice kid. But politically, whoo, really, really white supremacist. Not white supremacist views, maybe more like, well, who knows? Really, yeah. I would say like white fragility playing out big time. So, and have case, you had any conversations with them? Have you ever had a conversation about politics? Not political, no. Yeah, no. That's, we but don't do it. I'm hoping, so I'm happy. I have this vision, we'll see if this happens, of the race. And before the race, playing the national anthem, kneeling, optional, so that people, you know, we have that space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can salute the flag if you want to, whatever. And then also, like, me to offer a little meditation, maybe about listening, being open. And her, Janet, to offer a prayer, you know, like creating space yep. for both things here. And um, so, like, I have this crazy vision of that. We'll see how it all plays out. So, yeah, all right, you're encouraging. I guess I got to get organized with it. I'm excited. You got to look again as, as a, as a former race director, you got to have some lead time getting <laughs> the word out and stuff and the clock is ticking. Yep. So right. the, the divided we stay, I can work on we it. run race. It, you got to get going on it. You've got a lot of homework before yep. our next call. I know. Right. Forget like other things I need to do in life, but Monday's a day off. I'm going to do all this on Monday. All right. So we covered a lot important stuff i'm taking away uh commitment to move forward with the high school and middle school outreach to build com a community coalition and to be the place that invites people not wait for anyone else to get it started i'm taking away you know some motivation for my blue red race and uh i'm excited to you utilize your director skills and so what are you taking away from today well i'm excited about all your work and i i want you to it's inspiring because i came into this myself feeling a little uh like i said just scattered and i appreciate that you you brought me back into thinking about things and i, I want to be well I, i'll be a uh a, a, a interested uh, observer as you work with your own school system it's got me continuing to think about my own obligations towards my system and maybe you know i'll have to think about that and come back to it um but i love the race idea and i'm i totally am down from a distance to help you out with that um because i'll be so i'm, I'm your thought partner and co-director and thinking through that and just sorry note, you're i am gonna I'm going to yeah. ask Art, I'm going to, I'm going to walk across the street one of these days and I'm going to ask Art what's keeping him up at night um, mm. and, and do my own um, reach across the aisle before we call again. So. Okay. Woo. I'm excited to hear that. Have a good day. All right. Yeah. You too. Safe running on the end there. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. All right. Be good. Be safe. Bye. All right. Bye.
You've been listening to the 3 to 10 Project, Episode 2, National Anthem, recorded September 3rd, 2020. Thanks, as always, to Random Chiz for our theme music. Music.